it's time to take your care of some business creatures, head on over to tpublic.com and search for Talking Taker because now is the time to pick up your Talking Taker merch. Everything over on TeePublic is on sale this weekend for up to 35% off. That's the biggest sale ever. We're talking $13 t-shirts. $13 to support the show, to look good in a TCB Taker Care Business shirt, a Taker Easy shirt. I'm a biker taker guy. I'm a biker taker girl shirt. You can also get sweet discounts on stickers, on coffee mugs, on all the other great merch that they have over at tpublic.com. You can get the link from any of our social media pages or just head over to tpublic.com, search for Talking Taker. You should find all our merch. Pick some up, look sweet as you represent the podcast, as you represent the dead man and these exclusive merchandise. And of course, as you know, we've got a special something coming out to you if you are able to wear any of our stuff and get a picture at with the dead man at any event. That would be the greatest thing ever. We'll support you. We'll be your biggest fan if anything like that happens. Now... Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 84 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all. Tis um. My name is Alex Dorio, I am one of your co-hosts, and I thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my fellow creature of the night, my wrestling buddy, the baby-carrying, ELO-burying, Dr. Pepper-chugging, right-to-censor-loving, wheeling-dealing, kiss-stealing, son-of-a-gun, Mr. Travis White. Travis. You ready to talk about the Nature Boy against the Undertaker tonight? Well, with an introduction like that, how could I not be? Woo! I'm ready, man. Let's do this thing. You're welcome. That's amazing. That's trademark, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that could be a t-shirt. It's on the inside of my wedding band. My wife had that etched in my wedding band. Good lord. How big is your <laughs> wedding band? It's a thick thing. <laughs> it's more of a slap bracelet. <laughs> okay. Hey, man, to each their own. Exactly. <laughs> Of course, we are talking about WrestleMania X8, or 18, whatever you want to call it tonight. WrestleMania Z8? We can call it that, sure. Okay. I don't know what they were smoking back then. WrestleMania (laughs) X8. Is that a Canadian accent? I don't know. (laughs) That was like an Australian-Canadian guy. X8, boy. Yeah, they have a lot in common. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Oh, man. Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a fun match, a fun show. Undertaker trying to go 10-0, join the 10 Club at this WrestleMania by defeating the man who has returned to WrestleMania for the first time in over a decade here, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. A match you probably thought you would never see, and it turns into... Maybe The Undertaker, a lot of people, Some I saw on Twitter, some people still say it's their favorite match of the streak. It's certainly a classic one. Dang. Yeah. That's crazy, man. It's definitely the man who almost walked with Angel several times because Ric Flair has like nine lives, man. This dude kicks out at <laughs> 2.9 all over the place. So it's one of those things It's like you'd think you would have seen it. A decade before you know like exactly. in 92 <laughs> when he was there so you never you didn't think it was going to come 10 years later and uh 
really cool how we get there, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about this, man, and the buildup. Man. Good stuff. God, I never thought about how Ric Flair cheated death so many times. That could have been such a great yes. wrinkle to this story. <laughs> <laughs> could have been. That would have been perfect. The Reaper's been trying to take him down for oh, like the man. last 50 years. But he, <laughs> Missed you know, opportunity. Yeah, if it was Dead Man Taker, he probably would have done that. Oh yeah, they would have had to go down that road. But uh, maybe it was Booger Red here. <laughs> oh, and we're gonna talk about Booger Red. Jr. and Kid yeah, can't are. keep talking about it. It's one of the highlights of this match. But uh, uh, speaking of roads, let's take our time traveling motorcycle back down the road, back to the where we last left off at No Way Out 2002. If you forgot about that one, that's okay. Most people forget that that match ever <laughs> happened between the Undertaker and the Rock. But it did set the stage here for this match with yes. Ric Flair as Flair interfered at the end of that match and uh, and tried to take out The Undertaker there. And that's going to take us into the night after No Way Out 2002 where we pick up the build here into WrestleMania, the road to WrestleMania 18. It's picking up, man. Yeah, Raw 456 on uh, February 18th, 02. We get Taker walking backstage and he yells at this little child that works there. <laughs> He's like, hey, you boy, you work here? And the guy's like, uh, yeah, he's a photographer. And he's like, tell me where Flair's office is. And he's like, oh, it's right, you know, it's always right there, like, yeah. ne- like off camera, you know. So then he just, like, berates the guy for being an idiot. And then he uh, he just drops the old Ron Simmons special, like, mm. and then walks off. So I just can't believe this guy is, is a human, I guess. <laughs> he's just, like, repulsed by this guy's existence. So um, next scene we see he barges in Flair's dressing room, and he flares on the phone, and it looks like – Something about the set of Full House, man. Like, it is it's so bad <laughs> the way they have it set up. Full House or it Fuller House? So... Fuller House, which is even worse looking than Full House was. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, but he barges in there and flares on his singular wireless flip phone. And uh, they both – no, I'm sorry. This is not yet. This is earlier on. He, he walks in there and they, they both kind of throw their hands up like they're the fighting Irish, man. They put their, put their dukes up, you know. <laughs> And uh, it's funny, Flair's like, you know, uh, I was being a man last night, and Taker's like, you know, I was going to beat you up in the parking lot tonight, but I got something better. I want you at WrestleMania. And uh, Flair's like, you know, I respect you. I I'm, I'm respect you more than anybody else here, and you know, I, but I'm concentrating on being an owner. I'm not a wrestler. And um, Taker just kind of stares at him, and he says, well, I'll see what I have to Oh, excuse me. He says, I'll have to see what I can do to change your mind. And he just kind of walks off. And Ric Flair still has his fist up the whole time like he's the little fighting Irish guy. So. That's why he's a 17-time world champion. Exactly. 16-time, 18-time, I don't know what the actual Yeah, 34-time, yeah, yeah. Whatever it really is. But it really is very intense from both guys, man. It's really cool that they have this little uh, stare-off and this standoff here because it builds off, like you said, what from what happened at – um. well, it's kind of been happening on Raw and SmackDown, but what definitely happened – they set the seeds and the wheels in motion back on No Way Out. So, really cool. That's about all that happens here, except for the Rockets murdered by the NWO this night. Mm. <laughs> so, what a moment. Yeah. Uh, vehicular homicide. <laughs> what does Hogan say, just like over and over again? Like, I'm going to run him down, NWO style. Like, he just keeps yelling that. <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah. Something like that. Oh, my God. Uh. Uh, what a, yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, so, but anyway. Rock and Hogan's promo before that before that was was amazing. Oh, when sure. they're in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, that's pretty much it for Raw. Yeah, and it, and it's kind of the the slow simmering build here on SmackDown uh, on February twenty first, two thousand two. 
as Undertaker, he's going to confront Ric Flair, and now Flair's got his stooge, Arn Anderson, with him now. I wish he'd had, like, Barry Windham and J.J. Dillon with him, too. Oh, <laughs> Could have been his Patterson and Briscoe, all that. Hmm. Um, they're in their dressing room, and uh, Taker asks Flair if he's made his mind up about facing him at WrestleMania after Monday. And it's sort of basically the same segment. Flair says, yeah. you know, I'd love nothing more, but... I got my plate full as the co-owner of the WWF. I got to deal with the NWO. And Taker's just like rolls his eyes at him and says, all right, well, I'll show you something on Monday. And after Monday, I got a feeling you're not going to come up with any more excuses. So threatens him with that. And as Taker leaves, he kind of looks back at Arn Anderson and says, you know, I just realized that you're the only horseman that ever had any guts. And I couldn't believe it, man. The, The guy who we just saw scream... WWF forever back at Survivor Series. Apparently, he's a WCW historian now. Yeah, yeah. He loves Martin Anderson, I guess, man. Big Horseman fan. I guess so. But Who knows? I guess planting some seeds that we're going to see Arn Anderson a little more in this build, too. So, uh, everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason here in this build. And uh, it's a really... Yeah, it was nice. Yes, it's it nice was. nice when all these things and seeds get planted and they don't have to all pay off in the same night. They can pay off for the next week and stuff. So it's a lost art. It is. And I love a good feud. We saw this with Undertaker and Kane back in the day, their first match. And yeah. one of my favorite feuds of all time, Brett and Owen, when they first started. You're not you're telling the fans no at first. You're right. like, we're not gonna give you this match. I'm not gonna fight you. I'm not gonna fight you. And then ultimately the the babyface has to give in when they get pushed too far. It's a great exactly. way to build a feud, and I feel like it almost never gets done anymore. Yeah, never. In, that, in fact, nowadays they start feuds by fighting each other. Right. That's when the feud starts. Exactly. Oh, they have man. a match on Raw, and then the feud begins, and they take it for two months. So, You're exactly anyway. right, man. You're exactly right. <laughs> Well, uh, two guys that have fought over and over again, Undertaker and Triple H, they're (laughs) supposed to be in the main event here. But Chris Jericho, who's going to be facing Triple H at Mania, attacks Triple H before the match. They start brawling, have this whole segment. Then Triple H sends Jericho packing, uh, and Undertaker finally comes out after Triple H has gotten beat up. But he Undertaker gets up on the apron. Triple H is already in the ring. He punches Undertaker one time as he's coming in the ring. And Undertaker, just like last week, pulls a Grandpa Simpson and turns right back around, gets on his bike, and just nopes on out of there. He's <laughs> like, all right. Not, not going to do it. Not going to do it. That's amazing. Two Grandpa Simpsons in a weeks in a row. It's crazy. Can someone out there make a graphic with Grandpa Simpsons' face on Undertaker? Or Please. Undertaker's face on that gif? That would make oh, me very happy. That's amazing. Oh, that's great, man. Well, that leads us into Raw 457. And what happens this night on February 25th, 02, is, like I said, the seeds were planted back on SmackDown. Um, so... Um, we get Molly Holly uh, getting beat up by Jazz, and I don't know that I'll have to mention them too much more on this podcast, but <laughs> it actually plays into what's going on. So Jazz is basically just beating her up and DDTing her and stomping on her head and just working over her head, and kind of like Perry Saturn got to when he became in love with Moppy. But luckily Molly doesn't get a Moppy here. But anyway, after this, some refs and some backstage officials, including Art Anderson, come down to the ring to check on her. So that's how we – get here ah. well as they're checking on her and helping her up and getting her out and everything taker's music hits and he's got his cut off a hoodie on he's walking out 
And JR's like, I don't have him on my schedule here, which is just, it's just funny. It's just, uh, Remember when know. Kane used to like interrupt every match and the announcers would always be like, what is happening? I've never seen anybody like, like, what is <laughs> Yeah. Pay attention. Back in like 97, 90, yeah. or not, yeah, 98, yes. <laughs> They'd always be doing that. But anyway, so again, Arn Anderson was helping Molly Holly up and Taker comes out and winds up attacking him. He just kind of cheap shots him as he walks by him. And, uh, with one punch, Arn does a blade job. Mm. He gets up, just one punch taker, uh, and he's got blood coming on his forehead, which is just crazy to think about Arn Anderson, who's couldn't wrestle since 97, is doing a blade job here and bumping Absolutely. around. Crazy, man. Crank up the blood tracker. We're going to need it for this episode, man. That's oh, number yeah. one. <laughs> there we are. So Taker throws him in the ring and continues just to beat him up and uh, punch him and lay some shots into him. And he he winds up grabbing a mic and he says, I told Ric Flair I wasn't going to accept no for an answer again. So this is on his head. Look at me, Arn. And he punches him right in the face. And he kind of mounts him and does that that UFC punching that was your favorite move from the No Mercy game. Oh, yeah. So just wailing away on him, trying to open up that cut some more. Really going over and over and above to make this look like he's beaten up. Rick Flair's friend. Turns out February twenty fifth is also Rick Flair's birthday. Oh no. Which in two thousand and nineteen we saw Rick Flair get beat up on his birthday. That's right. By Batista. So a little bit of a um I thought it was kinda of funny there. But bad anyway. Luck. Yeah, bad birthday luck, man. Well, um luckily Arn Anderson's rocking that white T shirt, so we get the blood fully, you know, emblazoned on his shirt and it's just really adding a nice touch, you know, so a nice production school. touch. So good. Remember when Austin had that white yes, <laughs> baseball jersey course. out of nowhere? Of course. And got the blood on it? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, well, um, you know, happy birthday to, to, to Ric Flair here because um, Arn gets up as Taker leaves and Taker comes back in and gives him another big boot. So apparently Flair was out partying for his birthday because he arrives late. We see him <laughs> arriving late in a limo. Yeah. And uh, he gets out and uh, I think it's Earl Hebner walks up to him and tells him what's going on. And um, we see him just run back into the limo, and he speeds off to the local medical facility. And again, at this point, Jr. is telling us that um, Arn Anderson is being con- been considered disabled since '97, which ouch, <laughs> uh, that's a little bit much. But disabled from any ring competition, I wouldn't say he's been disabled. But <laughs> he doesn't have a handicap sticker on his car. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he sure didn't look disabled in this Mania match. So anyway, oh, um, yeah. Say that for later, but yeah, so really cool. Um, Taker's taking it over the line, making it real personal here, man. Adding a personal touch again, trying to push Ric Flair to the edge. I love it. I do too, man. It's old school heat and old yeah. school passion from these guys. Uh, it's so so good. Over on SmackDown, episode one thirty-two, February twenty-eighth, two thousand two. We're gonna get a WrestleMania preview as Maven defeats Goldust in a hardcore title match. And giving away that big pay-per-view match for free on TV. Dang, how could they do that? I don't know, man. Shocking. Uh, Undertaker rides out after the match on the bike and takes out some of his frustrations uh, with Ric Flair not answering his challenge on young Maven. Uh, Maven eats a few soup bones before none other than the snowman is going to make the save. How snow coming in to save his boy. Uh, so Snow challenges Undertaker to see if he's tough enough, and apparently a ref runs out, and we're going to have a legitimate match between those two guys. Wow. Uh, yeah, Al Snow does not fare well here. He is uh, 
he gets in about as much offense as he does against Mick Foley in a joke competition, which yeah. means he absolutely gets buried. Um, but I like it. It's it's a cool segment because both guys are in their street clothes. Like Undertaker yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. supposed to be having a match. He just came out to beat up Maven. Al Snow came out in jeans and t-shirt and just randomly had a match here. Cool. Uh, and it's uh, it, they don't go to a commercial or anything like they would now. Uh, they just have their match. Undertaker beats him up real quick. Um, Undertaker choke slams Al Snow on the outside and Selena beating on him. And Ric Flair comes in to make the save for Al Snow now. He goes to take what? his bike. Yeah, you know, they're boys. Ric Flair and Al Snow, they party together out in Lima, Ohio. Well, you know, yeah. Uh, classic all... party town. Exactly. Exactly. They probably stop by the Bradley Center. You know, where all the action is. <laughs> oh, man. That poor place. Uh, uh, Ric Flair goes over to the bike and grabs that pipe, that lead pipe that Undertaker keeps on there and starts wailing on Undertaker with it. Then Flair hops on the mic and, you know, he's doing classic Ric Flair promos here. He's screaming out. When it comes to WrestleMania, the answer is still no. What? again i don't care if it's a church the parking lot the alley i will show you why i am the dirtiest player in the game and then flair unloads a few more lead pipe shots but whole time i'm thinking there's no way rick flair was going to church at this point in his life <laughs> much less undertaker which we know he barely now does but yeah you weren't going to find either one of these guys at church back yeah. in too. <laughs> apparently they both do now though which you know, oh, yeah good for them yeah <laughs> that's hilarious dude how about space mountain in the head oh man <laughs> that's <laughs> they could have been a tag team Space Mountain in the little, head. little head on Space Mountain. Oh. <laughs> I'm done. Yep. See you later. <laughs> Oops. Woo. Well, while you uh, while you recover from that, I'll just mention as well that Ooh. later in the night, Goldust sneaks up on Maven while he's recovering, and uh, he uses the 24/7 rule to win the hardcore title. Uh, I wish he pulled Ahmed Johnson there and done some CPR on Maven. That would have been oh, <laughs> old school yeah. heat, but I guess they weren't doing that in 2002. But uh, that ties that little bow together. Well, that's funny because on this Raw 458 uh, on March 4th, 2002, um, I didn't write this in my notes, but there is a Goldust promo, and he's talking about how um, he won the title back with the 24-7 rule, but no, he says when Taker had the title, everyone was too scared to right. like, do that to yeah. him. And he says that... Uh, he feels the same way about himself. No one's going to you know. Everyone's too scared of him. They're not going to approach him until we're 70. So I thought it was kind of funny. I didn't realize he won it because um, I didn't watch that SmackDown. So right. That's pretty neat. That little continuity there. So yeah. that's funny. Undertaker leads to that. So Exactly. So, well, well Vince opens the show of this Raw 458 by telling us that Ric Flair won't be here tonight due to circumstances beyond Mr. Flair's control. Therefore, tonight has been dubbed Fan Appreciation Night. What? What do those two things have in common? I don't know. No idea. But Ric Flair's, I mean, not Ric Flair, Vince is like, he's doing that super cheesy, like, grin face. Like, he's just, I don't know, he's, it's almost overdoing it way too much. He's over-vincing it. 
but he's just like tonight it's almost like like ddp's character at this point like just, oh yeah like yeah something i had in my notes man between like vince's overacting then you have this goofy stuff with the nwo with like you know they're using a grappling net and uh on scott hall steve austin all that sort of stuff breaking a cinder block on his leg yeah you got triple h and stephanie with all their marriage problems and triple h's dog and chris jericho picking up dog crap you got booker t and edge and the japanese shampoo like i I didn't do any research but like i didn't know if there was a change in the writing staff during this time but it's the writing staff got the flu it's it's (laughs) just vince started booking it's so cartoonish and like sitcom like bad soap opera like the the flair and undertaker stuff is such a good juxtaposition with all that stuff because it's serious and manly and bloody and people fighting each other and the other stuff is so off the rails and i feel like it happened just like that man this show is taking a turn very sharply it really yeah the 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 like the nature of the company is taking a sharp turn. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was just. It seems like right after Rumble, like when all yes. these like old guys came back in, like you got Goldust and Mister Perfect and all that stuff like come back in, and then no, the NWO coming in. It's like oh, they got all this extra load of talent, and now they just don't know how to write anymore. It's, it's weird. so strange. It happens like overnight. But there's a lot of good stuff too. Yeah, there is. There's yeah. some good stuff too, like what we're covering here. So, but it's weird. He's like Vince, like this is fan appreciation night because Ric Flair's not here like that doesn't mean anything no of course <laughs> i don't know but th- well if that's what this night is it's a pretty crappy fan appreciation night because these matches suck but <laughs> anyway later on we see take a ride down as we get a recap from him beating up flair on smackdown uh or excuse me with flair beating taker down on smackdown i apologize and uh taker comes out and he's got a brown bandana on which mm. not good doesn't look good on his hair man it just not, it clashes but um, he says that, you know, Flair keeps saying no to my challenge. And, you know, I got to figure out or I had to figure out what, what makes Ric Flair tick, he said. And uh, you, we got footage from him attacking Arn last week. And he says, you know, Ric Flair's hands are covered in Arn's blood. You know, it, it, the, the blood of, of Arn Anderson is on his hands, not mine, because he made me do that. And he says, Flair likes to call himself the dirtiest player in the game. Don't fool yourself, Flair, because I'm more than willing to prove to you that you're not so guys guess he's gonna add that to his his monikers too the dirtiest player in the game <laughs> so put that one on the t-shirt i like it um so he says that to ensure that you accept my challenge at um wrestlemania he said i had to push the envelope this morning this morning i had to go pay your oldest son a visit now flair your boy his blood's not on my conscience it's on yours because the sins of the father shall be visited upon the son which is always a classic line. <laughs> like Bruce Springsteen now? <laughs> <laughs> that sound like a Springsteen song. <laughs> Sins of the father shall be visited upon the son. Exactly. It's Eddie Vedder. <laughs> like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go back um, and forth. That was like the, that was the, um, the celebrity deathmatch Eddie Vedder. <laughs> well, well, we get some footage from earlier this morning. We see this workout facility uh, in Stanford, Connecticut, which I think was called Tracks, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's the workout facility. This is not the performance center they have now, but anyway, we got some jabronis practicing and training and running the ropes and 
one of these jabronis is David Flair. Mm-mm. And uh, old good old Dr. Tom Pritchard uh, is trying. Is he a doctor like a PhD or like an MD? He's the doctor of desire. Oh, okay. Well, did he get? An, is he a medical doctor or like a doctor of philosophy of desire? That'd be a PhD, right? I believe he got at the same university John Cena got his doctor in thugonomics. Oh, okay. I, that's probably online. I would imagine. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe in Phoenix. Um. Anyway, so we see Doctor Tom and uh, training these guys and. Uh, you know, David Flair's doing the you know tackle drop down, get it again or whatever. He's doing that, and then he winds up stepping out of the ring and uh, turns around and Taker just punches him, <laughs> just in the face. He's he's infiltrated the uh, tracks facility and Stanford punches him and he tells he tells Pritchard to mind his own business. And uh, I cannot put over Pritchard's mullet here enough. It's so good, <laughs> man. He is he's one of those guys that just like like the Miz's dad that rocks the hair way too late into his lifetime. <laughs> At a certain point, you're just locked into it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. But uh, punches David Flair and um, throws him into the bathroom. And then he co- turns around and tells all these other jabronis that are there training. He says, you know, the first one of you SOBs to open this door, you're going to regret it. Oh, my. And, um, yeah, he's talking tough to these dudes, man. I mean, I've said that a few times when I've walked into the bathroom. So. <laughs> Case venture. To be honest, do not go in there. Woo! After I ate that Japanese buffet, dude. <laughs> First one of you SOBs opens this door, you're gonna regret it. It's only fair to say that. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Montezuma's revenge, man. So. Well, Taker goes in to get some Taker revenge here. Revenge of the Taker, if you will. Mm. Uh, he goes back in there, and it, David Flair is bloody at this point. So Taker's punches have really kicked it up a notch. He must be eating spinach or something. I don't know. <laughs> Power of the punch. <laughs> borrowing from, yeah, borrowing from uh, old Bill Regal there. So David Flair is bloody, and uh, Taker goes, now we go to school, and uh, beats him up in the shower. Slams his head repeatedly into the lockers there. I mean, he's just slamming it, slam, slam over and over, man. And uh, I got to give credit to David Flair, man. You know, he he wrestled in WCW-ish. Um, he did some, you know. But uh, he's selling here like like Shawn Michaels, you know, selling. Like, just really doing a good job. Um, and uh, Taker says, you know, you need to ask your dad why I'm beating your butt. And then he takes a seat next to David in the shower. David kind of hits his head on the, on the shower wall and kind of slides down like a cartoon. Taker sits <laughs> next to him, puts his arm around his shoulder. You see, Flair, I told you. Right, David? Huh? You want to say anything to your dad? 
then he says, hey, he looks at David and says, hey, don't you have a little brother? No, wait. You have a sister, don't you? Ooh. Which technically he's got two sisters. Right. But anyway, and then he says, um, school's over today. You done real good, boy. You done real good. <laughs> and then he just walks away. And, dude, this was vicious, mm-hmm. brutal, super, like, Memphis-style heel heat to me, man. Like, but just what a way to put Taker over as a heel, man. Like, there's nothing redeeming about him anymore, you know? Exactly. I love it. He's like a movie Perfect. villain during this. Yeah. And it's just perfectly done. David Flair takes a heck of a butt whooping, too. Yeah, he's, man, he does a great job. Well, Undertaker has certainly got Ric Flair's attention after that over on SmackDown 133 on March 7th, 2002. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get a cold open here uh, before the credits even roll with Ric Flair. He just runs up to Undertaker's locker room. He's just banging wildly on the door, telling him to come out and fight him. Then we cut inside that door, and Undertaker is re-watching his beatdown of David Flair on a VHS tape in the locker room and just sitting there smiling, doing his own watch-along commentary for it. There you go. And he yells out to Flair, Hey, man, take it easy on the door. And just chuckles to himself. Says, I can't hear your son getting his butt whooped. Uh, and then uh, he screams out, Hey, Flair, your boy's a bleeder, just like Arn Anderson. And so he's just taunting him and teasing him. And we cut back outside to Flair who yells, you want something for your tape collection? I'm going to the ring right now. And he might as well have just added, live from San Antonio, it's SmackDown. Because this was, again, like we talked about earlier, this felt like an SNL skit, man, with the camera changes. How does Flair know that he's watching a tape in there? Exactly. (laughs) This was, I mean, silly, but these guys are so good that it's like, you you don't mind it. Um, Right. Credits roll, Flair storms out to the ring to open the show, and he talks about, he's just a classic Ric Flair promo, man, and it's fun, like, it felt like I was watching Nitro, because the way Ric Flair stands in the center of the ring and looks at the hard camera, which is yeah, like the WCW yeah. style, not the WWF oh, yeah. style, but uh, it just looked like an old episode of Nitro. And That's awesome. He's saying, you know, um, Five months ago, I went from wrestler to owner, and that was a dream come true for me, but Vince McMahon couldn't deal with it. So I, uh, Vince McMahon goaded me into the ring one more time, and I beat him up. And then Undertaker knocked on my door and challenged me to a fight, and I denied him, and he, keeps, he recaps the last few weeks before finally officially declaring that he has become, become a wrestler again. Uh, Flair says, I've... Um, I'm going to play by the rules that I've played by my entire life. I'm going to walk the aisle. The two of us are going to get in the ring, and I want to bleed. And then Flair slaps himself and busts himself open. Classic Flair style to take the blood tracker up to three now at this point. And uh, tells Undertaker he's got the nature boy at WrestleMania as he's just screaming at the top of the lungs. Uh, Classic Flair style here. Oh, man. Undertaker finally interrupts, and he is standing at the top of the aisle, and he's just kind of looking confused out there. He says, yeah, Rick, you just need to calm down, boy. You're you're taking all the fun out of this stuff. Um, Undertaker says, I'm not even really sure I want to fight you at WrestleMania. Um, I'm willing, Yeah, perfect. Being such a heel. Yeah. He says, I'm willing to be the bigger man and and forgive you for for all the things I've put, uh, all all the things you've done to me, and... Undertaker says, I'm going to think about it tonight and I'll give you an answer at the end of the night as the announcers are just disgusted. 
That is perfect, man. It yeah, is. It's, he finally gets what he wants, and then he's like, "Nah, nah I don't know about that." That's just perfect bad more. guy move. Yeah. Uh, well, they uh, Undertaker's gonna come out later in the night and have a handicap match against Al Snow and Maven. Um, kind of continuing oh, no. what we saw from last <laughs> week. Yeah, it was. Oh no, dude! Uh, at one point. Undertaker's trying to get Maven up for a tilt-a-whirl slam, and Maven just totally, for, I don't know what he's doing. He botches it, doesn't know how to do it, and Undertaker just has to like muscle him up in the middle of the ring. Oh. It looks real bad, but Undertaker beats these two guys in about three minutes after he makes uh, Maven tap out to the TCB. So not much of a challenge there for him. That doesn't really put over your tough enough trainer or your tough enough one season. It really one doesn't. Winner. No. <laughs> But it is Taker and the TCB they're losing to. So. Right, you know. you got to give him a little leeway for that. Yeah. Well, Taker's going to get on the mic after that and address Ric Flair and tells him, look, if you want to fight at WrestleMania, I've decided my answer is yes, but on one condition. And he tells Flair, you're going to need to walk down to the ring, get on your hands and knees, and beg me for this match. So <laughs> They already said he wanted. It's great. I love it. Of course, Ric Flair is not going to do that. He instead just busts, uh, hustles down to the ring and starts unloading on Undertaker with some Ric Flair chops. And Taker runs away like a heel. He's trying to run out through the crowd. And Ric Flair follows him. He's so passionate and excited. He gets tied up in the audio cables and yes, has to get un- untied from all these. He's kicking and punching and accidentally punches a fan in the middle of this melee. Ooh. Wow. Uh, very unfortunate. As the officials separate these two, Undertaker gets taken away to the back. And, dude, I, speaking of training, whether it's at tracks or NXT or wherever, kids there, even people on the main roster should just study the fire that Ric Flair has during this segment. Man, he is so believable and passionate about what he's fighting for here in a way that you just don't see anymore. Then guess what? He's 51. <laughs> or 53. Man. 53, right? Unbelievable. Been 17 years since it? Yeah. He's 53 years old there, and he has more fire in this little outburst than a lot of the guys on the main roster. And I don't know what the reason is, but yeah, it's crazy. I love he's the nature boy. this. I love this, man. It's so fun. What's also good is that uh, backstage, we're going to find out who that fan was as Ric Flair is oh. re- recovering from the brawl and gets a knock on his locker room door, and it's the police. And they ask him to step outside. Sting! <laughs> Sorry. Uh and the fan who got hit by Ric Flair points him out to the police. And this fan, you know, it's crazy. He just bore a striking resemblance to future WWE superstar Paul London. Couldn't oh, wow. How crazy is that? Camera debut, huh? Yeah, man. I had to rewind it. I was like, that guy looks familiar. I paused. I was like, oh, my God. Paul London. <laughs> Paul, yeah, it's crazy. I love little nuggets like that with these guys that mm-hmm. made their little date. Like that of Tommaso Ciampa. We'll see them with Taker in we 2005, will. I think. So We saw neat. Christopher Daniels backstage yep. back in the Attitude yep. cool. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, unfortunately, Flair is going to get arrested here. And he it seems like he's Ooh. been through this before. As he just like takes his Rolex <laughs> off, hands it to Mike Chioda for safekeeping, <laughs> puts his hand on his back. <laughs> 
He's a pro professional wrestler. He's done this once or twice. Came my Rolex. Yes, for a shoe, he's like, I don't want to mess it up. Like, no, it's probably twenty five thousand dollar Rolex. <laughs> Mike Kyoto probably kept it. Too. Oh, probably. <laughs> well, he gets uh, taken out of the building as. He's getting taken out. We see the Undertaker creep around the corner with a little smile on his face. Yeah. So I don't know if this was staged by him or something, but uh, he set Ric Flair off knowing something like this was going to happen. <coughs> but uh, he has got the upper hand in the psychological warfare with the dirtiest player in the game. Yeah, trying to show who's the dirtier one, man. So uh, speaking of dirty, we're going to head to Detroit Rock City here on Raw 4. Mm. 59 on May 11th, not May 11th, March 11th, 311-02. This is the go-home Raw for WrestleMania XA, and this is probably one of my least favorite go-home Raws for WrestleMania of all time. I absolutely hate the main event of this show. Uh, Why why in the heck would you give it away on free television, the return of Hulk Hogan to the ring? It's the NWO versus The Rock and Austin in a handicap match, and... The Rock loses cleanly to to Hulk Hogan with a leg, big boot leg drop. It's just so so stupid. Like you mentioned in Royal Rumble with Triple H coming back and give his return away on SmackDown three days beforehand. Like, what is the point? It's terrible that it happened, but it's also in a way it's kind of great because it's literally the only time we ever see Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin against each other in a WWF ring. Which is true. unfortunate that that's the only time, but yep. it's kind of cool for historical reasons. Yeah, at least um, it happened once. Yeah, yeah but it's right. so dumb but look, for the reasons yeah. you just said. I hated it as a 15-year-old. Right. I hate it as a 33-2-year-old. I, I, it's awful. So, But anyway, uh, let's get on to the taker stuff. But um, we see Vince and Flair. I'm going to talk a little bit about them because, you know, again, they're co-owners here. But this does play into what's going on, and it's going to play into the – the way that the company is going to change going forward after WrestleMania. So we see Vincent Flair at an emergency session board meeting in Stanford, Connecticut. So Vince is going on about how the company is in a state of emergency due to Flair. And ever since he was become 50% owner, the company has been a ship without a runner. And, um, he, he and Flair want to take it in different directions. I want to go in this direction. He wants to go in this direction. He's just going all on and on and droning on and on. It takes way too long to get to the point. Basically, he wants everyone to choose who's going to be, who's going to lead the company, you know, for the future. And he says, I, I intend to prove that Flair is not in the right state of mind to lead it, and I want a unanimous vote as to which one of us will lead by the end of the night. Later on at the headquarters, we see Vince showing footage of last week with Flair punching that fan right. and saying, you know, is this the guy you want lead the company, basically. Later on, we get more board meeting. And I'm talking B-O-R-E-D, you know, chairman <laughs> of the board. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for the fans in the arena during shows like this, yes. man. Or it's just yes. constant backstage stuff. Ugh. Yeah, on, on the road Especially to WrestleMania, the, man. Six days before WrestleMania, man. It sucks. It sucks. But anyway, Vince is like, you know, you almost be embarrassed by Flair's action. You know, he only cares about himself. And he says, you know, remember back at the Rumble when, when Ric Flair forced me into a match and humiliated me. Uh, there needs to be a vote of confidence tonight. And then Linda the great actor she is, she speaks up and is like, we will need to adjourn to a private area and discuss the issue, and we will have our answer later. And she's like... Robo-Linda. She sounds like Rosie from the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah. But less entertaining. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, later on, we get more board meeting, and the board <sighs> has finally reached its conclusion. Exactly. That's how I felt watching this episode. I'm sorry, I brother. Said, I got angry watching this. That's your uh, payback for getting to watch all the eggnog <laughs> matches. You just sit through this garbage. Eggnog. I know. I would love to have seen something cool, but anyway, um, they've re- they've reached their conclusion, and uh, Linda asks Flair if he's going forward with his match at Mania against Taker, and Flair says beyond a shadow of a doubt mm. so he is confident <laughs> without, without question, question. <laughs> exactly um well the board has chosen to grant full power to vince but reserve the right to revisit it after wrestlemania so i guess for six days vince is full-on uh chairman but uh at six days they're gonna revisit so it. stupid exactly what's the point in all this Just, nothing anyway so rick flair stands up thanks the board he's very like solemn and very professional and he's like you know I've had to watch my best friend massacred, my son beaten to a pulp. No one would enjoy watching that or living through it. It's just very – it's the opposite of that flair promo he gave yeah. earlier that you were talking about. So, But again, he's supposed to be professional at this point, so it makes sense. But anyway, he apologizes for embarrassing them and says that uh, he's got a responsibility to his family. He's going to protect them at all costs. He accepts his temporary suspension but says no one's going to strip me of my pride and or the name flair. No one in this room will ever strip me of my pride. More than that, no one in this room will ever strip me of the name Flair. And more than that, at WrestleMania, I will even the score with The Undertaker at any cost, at any cost, to myself personally. Thank you. And he walks out. So that's it. We, we all that all night just to get to that. So it was kind of a waste of, of airtime, honestly. It is. Uh, I will say, Flair's performance is still really good here. Yeah. It's oh like, no. That's the only thing keeping it afloat is he's such a great actor. Man, we talked yeah, about it. really is. Wrestlers deserving <laughs> Emmys last week, and Ric yep. Flair, one hundred percent. Man, he's killing it. Yeah, because if he would have been crazy old Ric Flair, pat himself on the chest, and woo, it would have made sense in this quote unquote professional board meeting. So right. it does make yeah. sense, but um, but it's cool. And then uh, one thing I do want to mention: they have that WrestleMania moments playing throughout the night. So these these last few Raws and stuff, and the one yeah. for this night. Is Taker defeating Sid for the title at WrestleMania 13? So just wanted to put that out there. So, but again, one of my least favorite go home shows for Mania of all time. I just, I mean, that I can remember. I'm sure the ones nowadays are kind of forgettable, but um, uh, I just I hated this go home show because again, like you said, Jericho picking up dog turds and like, oh like God. accidentally, accidentally uh. tying the dog to the limousine and they, they run over it and it's Dear just. Lord. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. So, whatever. Well, thankfully, we do get one cool thing that happens here to pick things up on the final SmackDown before WrestleMania 18, episode 134, March 14th, 2002. Uh, Ric Flair is going to go meet Vince in the office, and they have a little segment together where Vince makes the match at WrestleMania a no-DQ match and then gives Flair the night off to protect him and... Ric Flair fights him with it, but eventually decides to leave. Later in the night, 
Vince welcomes former WCW United States champion David Flair into his office. The man who got beat up go. a couple weeks ago by Undertaker. And Vince tells David he's going to give him something his father won't give him, an opportunity. And David's very excited about this until Undertaker, excuse me, until Vince tells him his opportunity is going to be against The Undertaker tonight. Ooh. No good. Yeah, David's like, no way, I'm not going to do that. And Vince tells him he doesn't have a choice and sends him out. And after David walks out of Vince's office, Vince just starts that maniacal laughter. Yeah. Undertaker walks in behind him, and they share a little chuckle together. So (laughs) all part of their plan. Like Dick Dastardly and Muttley, man. That's exactly (laughs) Wacky racers. (laughs) Might as well have been. Twirling his mustache. Exactly. Uh. Dude, if you would have asked somebody watching WCW back in the year 2000, okay. if David Flair or his girlfriend, Tori Wilson, if one of those two people would one day be in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, who would you have picked? In 2000? Yeah, look at that in and the year it? 2000. Without question, David Flair. He's the freaking son of Ric Flair. <laughs> exactly. But his girlfriend is going to go in the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame. Incredible. And he amounted to a hill of beans in yeah. the wrestling ring. <laughs> oh, wrestling's oh, so strange, man. It's weird. <laughs> well, oh. David Flair is going to make his WWF debut, and for all I can remember, his one and only WWF match in history, uh, as far as the main roster goes, as he wrestles yeah. The Undertaker in a real match on SmackDown that I forgot this I part ever happened in the build. Totally forgot, yeah. But it's cool, dude. We said we're going to talk about Undertaker talking about we're going to talk about Undertaker facing so many different people yeah. through the course of this podcast. <laughs> he has a match on TV against David Flair, a former uh, U.S. champion. Which that's right, Undertaker never held in oh, WCW. He that's why he beat him up so bad from or get it off of Lex Luger's clutches. Yeah, yeah that's what he was so bitter about. <laughs> exactly. The commentary is so terrible during this because it's King and Cole. And they're acting like David Flair is this innocent young kid. And I'm sitting there watching it like, he was the WCW US champion. He wrestled for two years. It's like, yeah. he has some experience. I mean, he was never right. good. But come on, like, they're acting like he's never been inside of a ring before. Uh, it's so right. weird. But uh, of course, Undertaker just absolutely murders him. Uh, uh, works him over for a couple minutes, just taking his time until Pop Pop runs in. Makes a save, uh, gets a chair shot in on Taker, but Taker rolls out of the ring before Flair can do any more damage as the announcers note that those chair shots will be legal on Sunday. So just enough to tease you for the pay-per-view, but not going all the way. You got to pay to see this action here at WrestleMania X8, which we'll get into right now. Let's do it. You got to pay to see that action, but you don't have to pay to see Ric Flair. I mean, you pay to see Stone Cold, The Rock, and Hulk Hogan share the ring. Nah, you get that for free. You get that for free on Monday. A little free. Ugh, anyway. free sample. Yeah, free sample. Yeah, man, WrestleMania X8, March 17th. Dude, St. Patty's Day in 2002. Was it? So, yeah. All right, how about well, it? How about Scott it? <laughs> I hadn't had one of those in a while, man. <laughs> How about For WrestleMania, it? you know? Yeah. Pete Rose. Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And, uh, dude. This is a special WrestleMania for you and I. Oh, yeah? You remember where we were? We were at your parents' house. I mean, at your, well, your house. I mean, you lived there, too. <laughs> yeah. 15, 16. Still yeah, my we house. Your house and your bedroom. Uh, me, you, and two other fellas. Uh, yeah, man. Watching 
this pay-per-view for the first time ever getting to see WrestleMania together, man, live and in living color. Crammed into my bedroom with the cable box in there. That's right. <laughs> uh, I don't know what... I guess we were just old enough to where, you know, we were good. Like, we had enough money. I don't know if we put it in together. I don't remember what happened. But, yeah, man, been friends for a few years. But this was first time ever ordering WrestleMania together. And had a blast that night, man. We had so much fun watching it on that little TV, all squeezed into my bedroom. But it was great. You know, one of our buddies would write a term paper in in your your parents' (laughs) office. He wasn't a huge wrestling fan. He was just hanging out with us. But yeah, we, it was man. This is a special WrestleMania for you and I. So yeah, it's where it all begins. So good yeah, stuff. we've watched quite a few together since then. Not all of them, but watched a good mm-hmm. number of them together since that yeah. moment. Uh, <clears throat> it was the first one for us, but it was the last one for the letters WWF. Yeah, wow, and that's wild. It's crazy. Things been that long ago, man. So I'm wearing my WWF it. T-shirt in honor of that. <laughs> you are. That's right. Well, throwback there. That's right. Well, um, how crazy is it that on this WrestleMania, it's not only, I mean, it's a comeback for Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan in the same night, man. Yeah. And I know Scott Hall gets on there, but like he's, you know, Flair and Hogan are the two, two of the top three greatest of, of all. Well, in fact, The Rock just said on Twitter, I think today, that them two and Austin are the three greatest of all time. So, oh, wow. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just weird that, um, we always think about Hogan's return with, you know, Toronto, but like, this is Ric Flair's first WrestleMania back in what, 10 years. Right. So he's been gone even longer than Hogan was from WrestleMania. You know? he had. So. Yeah. And that gets kind of buried. Uh, people it does. forget about that, but it's, it's wild, dude. Wrestling has changed so much in the past year since we yeah. hit WrestleMania 17. It's a completely different landscape. Some things you thought you would never, ever see as these two guys back under the WWF umbrella back at WrestleMania. Craziness, yeah. man. Crazy. I uh, I remember not being particularly excited necessarily for this matchup. Uh, I was hyped for Triple H and Jericho, of all things, yeah. and uh, Rock and Hogan, I think. But sure. Undertaker Ric Flair, back then, back in the day when I was watching it uh, as a 16-year-old, I was just like, Ric Flair's old man he's washed up like not we've talked about we weren't really into Undertaker back then and it was just like it felt like a weird styles clash to me Uh, I've enjoyed this build watching it back so much more than I think I did back then and I appreciate it so much more but man did you feel the same way do you remember feeling that yeah I remember the exact same thing you know like I said we've gone on record saying we weren't really into this Taker character like I said we appreciate it so much more now but um Back then, we just really weren't. And like you said, I mean, Ric Flair, could he still go? Last time we saw him wrestle, he was in a T-shirt wrestling Sting on the last Nitro. Well, yes. not really. We saw him res- quote-unquote wrestle Vince. But, That's you know, that a great point. Count. But, you know, last time he wasn't confident. He had a T-shirt on. You know, it's just like, who's who Who are we going to get, you know? Flair that we all love or, or not, you know? And apparently, that was going on in his head, too. You know, he said in his book, and I know, you know, Conrad Thompson, who hosts podcast, various podcasts, he's his son-in-law, and he said that, Rick Flair was in his own head this night, and this is the match that gave him his confidence back. And um, you can kind of see it during this match, too. It's fun. I, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, but. we'll point out that but moment I, in here. But he, yeah. you can tell he took it seriously because, like you mentioned, on that last Nitro, he's wearing a T-shirt, but he looks yeah. in great shape during this match, man. Yeah, when I'm 53, I'd rather, I hope I look <laughs> something like this. Probably <laughs> right. won't, but maybe a little more hair on my chest. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, I remember being not too stoked for it, but then once 
I remember like sitting in your room and watching it and watching it unfold and some of the things we're about to cover, like just being like, wow, this is awesome. Like as it was going. So, um, which sometimes that's better when you don't have expectations to be wowed by a match because you don't have a certain bar you're trying to meet, you know? So it's fun that way. Well, there is a great video package here to open pay-per-view and Undertaker is a significant part of it. It's like kind of not kayfabe, Interviews with Taker, right. Flair, Rock, Hogan, Triple H, Jericho. They're all out of character, just sharing what WrestleMania really means to them. Uh, it's a great piece of business. I highly recommend seeking this out. I hadn't seen it in a long time, but it's a great opening video to the pay-per-view. And like I said, of course, Undertaker plays a big part of it. It's, it's kind of being booked as on the same level as these other title matches and, and yeah. Rock-Hogan match. That same importance. WrestleMania is called the granddaddy of them all. And you stand on the grandest stage of them all. It's that time of year when you're on the card at WrestleMania that you stand before millions of people and you stand before your peers and it lets people know that you mean something. Yeah, absolutely. It was really neat. I, I, when I watched this bat the other day, I was like, man, I forgot about that video package. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. They're just, the video packages at this time were some of the best they've ever done, man. Like this 01, 02, 03 stuff was some of the best video packages they've ever done, man. I just love them all. So. And some of the worst but, musical performances we'll ever see. Talk about wrestling bands, like wrestling music, man. We get freaking Saliva opens up the show and then Drowning Pool, which you could do, you could have told me it was the same band. I wouldn't have known. Like, yep. they're different. This is what I was talking about in a week. Just change the name and who knows but yeah we get saliva and drowning pool again two great wrestling like music music artists but like definitely not good bands but not edited out of the network no nope. so you can afford the rights to this garbage you know what is edited off um later on it's going to be um the uh little wing by uh uh hulk hogan or hulk hogan's theme song like later on in the show oh, is made voodoo child Voodoo Child, I mean, yeah, sorry. It's man, the, the one they have on the network it is sucks. so bad. Oh, yeah. It's almost as bad. Yeah. It's it, almost as bad as Drowning Pool and Slava. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it is uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Well, we got uh, King and JR on commentary, which is fortunate. And this match is fifth on the card. Um, but it's, it's just slightly over like an hour into the program, which is strange. But um, this, again, you give the main event matches a lot more. But this is only the fifth match on the card. But. Um, it's still it's still being billed as a big one, you know. It's Ric Flair's return and and Taker's Taker's matches are a big match. It know, is so. it is the lowest he's been on the card in a long long time, as he's kind yeah. of been in the main event or semi main event for the past five or six years now. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of weird to see that, but yeah, it's still getting treated as very important. Yeah, and I love what they do. Um, the the backstage thing we've mentioned a couple times they get this extended backstage director's cut we get to see taker riding up the ramp you know um and uh just kind of guns it down the rampway and it's just really cool i like when they do the extra backstage touch of having the camera back there like, like you mentioned they do unboxing a lot so yeah. i wish they do more of that now so makes it feel course, special makes it feel important yeah they're starting to add some of that nowadays they do a little promo before they come out so but anyway it was really cool they did that back then so well, JR and King immediately make mention of the Undertaker's streak as soon as he comes out. Yeah. And as we've mentioned here on the show, they've the streak has been mentioned on commentary at least since as, uh, as far back as WrestleMania 11, I believe. Uh, they first mentioned it, but this is the first time they really 
amping it up and talking about it as Undertaker's coming out, that he's 9-0, and going for 10-0 and here. And speaking of that, I wanted to give you some pointless trivia statistics that I uh, researched a little bit before this. So hold Wonderful. on. I'm going to make your head spin a little bit. All right. Uh, Undertaker, obviously in rare territory here with WrestleMania wins. No one's close to touching him at this point already when he's at 9-0. and But... This match is going to put Undertaker, um, He it's actually going to put him, I had to redo my stats here, even after I sent him <laughs> my notes because I forgot about somebody, but this is going to put Undertaker in second place ahead of Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania appearances okay. at this point. Undertaker is going to uh, go up to uh, 10 appearances at this point. Hulk Hogan will tie him when he comes out later in the night, obviously. And they're going to keep going back and forth for second place until WrestleMania 20, when Undertaker will surpass him. But do you know who was actually number one in appearances? Besides, like, Howard Finkel. Yep, you nailed it. The hitman. Bret Bret Hart. Bret Hart's number one in appearances. WrestleMania three or four or something. Two. Way back then. Two? Yeah, even on two. He was at two through 13. And that will also give him the record at this point for most WrestleMania matches at 13 matches because he competed twice at WrestleMania 10. So that boosts his stats. Uh-huh. Uh, so behind him would be the Macho Man, who had 11 WrestleMania matches at this point because he was in the tournament at WrestleMania 4, which right. boosts his numbers. And then Hogan and Undertaker would tie for third place here at this night. Uh, and they would kind of go back and forth on that until Hogan stopped wrestling at WrestleMania 19. Undertaker would finally go into the lead for most WrestleMania matches at WrestleMania 22. So four years after okay. this, it would be he would finally surpass Bret Hart on that and never look back. Man, he's probably... I don't know. He might get touched as far as most matches. Uh, we know the streak will probably never get touched uh, anytime right. soon, much less ever. But uh, someone, I think, could surpass him in Matt. Tri- Triple H is pretty close. Triple H might. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Cena could surpass him, too. I'm sure Cena's got yeah some more Mania matches under his belt. Uh, but we'll see. Time will tell. Still just some interesting context for where Undertaker was at this point in his career and the legends he was going up against yeah, as far as statistics-wise. Exactly. No, that's cool, man. That's a great useless trivia. I love it, man. <laughs> pretty much pretty it. useless. <laughs> that's great. My mind is full of that kind of stuff. That's all I'm good for. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, good. Oh, what? You agree? That's all I'm good for? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> But anyway, uh, we get that cool shot. You know, Taker's riding now. We got Roland rocking through there, through the through the uh, Sky Dome, not the Silver Dome or the whatever. Uh, what did uh, Hogan say at WrestleMania yeah, 30? Silver Dome, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, the Sky Dome. They haven't been back here since uh, uh, yeah. WrestleMania 6, man. So. They got to go back, man. They haven't been yeah. back since this. Right. I, I mean, at this point, they yeah. hadn't. You know, the WrestleMania 6 and 18, and then they hadn't been back at all. So it'd be cool to see them go back there again. So. Yeah, because there's a good crowd. And it looks good yeah, on oh, TV. Man, the set looks great good. Crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, Taker really rides down to the ring, got the long entrance ramp. And then um, Ric Flair's music hits, and uh, he's got a beautiful looking robe, mm-hmm. as he always does. But he's going to take a page out of Undertaker's book, man. 
Yeah, man, the dirtiest player in the game takes the fight to the Undertaker. We saw The Rock do it last month, and you know, like just like Ric Flair should, yeah. man, it's personal fight. Yeah. So he's gonna, they're gonna start trading shots here, and Ric Flair just owns Undertaker for the first minute of this match. Dude <laughs> tosses him out of the ring, tosses him over the announce tables, chopping him, uh, going wild. That's it's so good, and it's cool because like again, it's been ten years since he's been at Mania. <sighs> But he doesn't take that full like entrance and soak it in. Like it's just it. He makes it seem real, man. Like, yes. I love it, dude. You know, Me too. Like, it's just it's really cool. The attention to the detail and the nuance of that is just so fun, man. So yeah, but he is just chopping all over the place, tackling him over the announce table, beating him up, and it's 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 so much fun to watch. It's definitely not your uh, you know Ricky Steamboat Ric Flair match, you know. No, and we never see Undertaker sell this much. Hardly no, ever for anybody. So you can tell how much he respects Ric Flair because he is bumping and going like like yeah. he's Shawn Michaels out there exactly. for Flair. <laughs> exactly, man. Um, yeah, just taking ugh, taking Taker out of the ring with a punch, man. I just love it. It's so funny. But um, at this point, they're kind of trading right hands on the outside, and uh, Ric Flair goes to excuse me, they make it back in the ring Ric Flair punches him and kicks Taker out of the ring and then he gets on the apron and goes to jump off and uh, Taker catches him mm. and slams him back first in the ring post which is neat because JR tells us as I mentioned earlier Chair Flair cheats death all the time about that plane crash back in was it late 70s I think it was um, that he had you know, saying you know just giving us some context you know oh he's got a bad back you know and Taker's working over it I just really like jr's attention detail there oh yeah so good so continuing to give that realism to the match yeah and in a very real moment here uh these they're gonna get back in the ring fight into the corner and undertaker is gonna whip flair from one corner across the ring to the other and flair's gonna try to go up for that classic flair flip where he tries to hit a back flip out of the corner out of the ring and According to Flair, maybe in his book or podcast, he's told this yeah. story. You've heard it in a lot of places. This is where he can't quite get up and hit that flip. And Undertaker goes back over to him under the corner. And you can't really hear it on TV or anything like that, but you can yeah, kind of see it. Yeah, I tried it. to listen, man. <laughs> he goes over and Undertaker says something to the to the tune of, you want to try it again, kid? <laughs> to yeah. Rick Flair. Because, uh, of course, Flair is probably embarrassed about this. It's his first time back at WrestleMania. It's one of his signature spots, and uh, he can't hit it. it, it uh, he doesn't have what he used to have. So Undertaker's got to give him a little pep talk. I, I love that. Just in, like the like, real-life part of it, aspect of it, man. Just like saying, you know, get it again, kid, or whatever. You want to try it again, kid. Like just boosting up this the old man, you know, the veteran, you know, like yeah. Taker, Taker's a veteran at this point, but he's just, you know, giving Flair that confidence. Like, don't worry about it. Let's do it again, man. I love the realism in that. And then sure enough, they tried again. They tried again and Flair nails their name. Exactly. It's awesome. Oh man. He hits it and the crowd loves it. It's, it's, it's fun, man. But of course, Taker boots him straight off the apron <laughs> when he lands on it. It's, it's great. I love it, man. Undertaker is laying the beating down on Flair at this point. Uh, beats him up over by the announce table, and uh, we do. Uh, Flair Undertaker sends Flair flying, and they cut to a little split screen replay deal on camera, and that allows Flair to move out of camera range and gig himself uh, over on the floor. And yeah. Bring the blood tracker up again. So, I believe four at this point. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And he is, man, he is, he gigged himself really good. He must have taken <laughs> a lot of aspirin and Jack Daniels before because he is a wearing a crimson mask, oh, as man. JR goes on to tell us. It's signature flair, like the blood on his bleach blonde hair. His hair, yeah. Nobody bleeds like flair, dude. <clears throat> he always made sure to get it in his hair, you know, like that was purposeful. You know, it was great. But um, they make it back in the ring and uh, they're punching in the corner. Uh, Taker's punching him, punching and punching him. And then Flair does the old classic Flair flop out, the face plant into the, on the corner. <laughs> it's just great. And then take your, take your Jeremy Bagley bingo here, your Taker bingo. Taker chases off the ref, who is none other than Lil Nate. Lil Nate. Charles Robinson. Of course. Who apparently was requested by Ric Flair to be, you know, his his referee. Yeah. As man. legend has it. You gotta have Lil Nate in there. As Flair is firing back, he, he's continuing to fight through the pain and the blood and um there's an incredible visual here as Undertaker and Flair yeah. fighting and some blood actually splatters onto the camera on the outside. It's just like one or two little drops on there, but it's, yep. dude, talk about making it feel real. That is uh, something else right there. Quite, a, oh, quite yeah. a sight to see. It's awesome, man. It's it's really cool, that little touch. Again, that was obviously an accident, but it makes it seem really cool there. Yeah. And, uh, at this point, Taker puts Flair on the top rope, and they start trading punches. And I just remember getting nervous in your bedroom watching this. <laughs> like we were like, "Oh no, he's not going to." And Taker hits a superplex off the top rope onto a 53-year-old Ric Flair. Whew. I just remember jumping off of whatever the the. I guess you had that Lazy Boy. I was probably sitting in that. I jumped out of that or off their bed or whatever, man. And I just remember being like thinking that flair was broken in half man like, yes he, you cannot do that to him oh i just i remember i was popping huge for that it was just crazy what a sight to see it's an incredible spot i think we've seen undertaker do that once or twice before but it's not like a yeah. signature thing from him but god dude that's one of my favorite wrestling moves ever it's just a real superplex where both guys standing up on the top row yeah. not where one guy's on the middle but they're both yeah. and Undertaker's 6'10 like, yes. they go across the ring in the superplex uh, <laughs> and that gets a huge reaction not just from you in my bedroom but uh, no. from the crowd too yeah it's just crazy man and just yeah, this Canadian crowd, I cannot put them over enough. This is the opposite of Milwaukee last week, man. Sorry, Milwaukee, <laughs> but this is these guys are rabid. They are eating up everything. That's um, awesome. And it's, it's just good, man. And uh, But after that, I think this is where Taker goes for a, a pinfall. And, again, check your bingo card because he's going to pull Ric Flair up after mm-hmm. that two count. He's not done. He's not done. He is not as – He's going to do the thing we've seen him do quite a bit during this heel run. He just starts rubbing his elbow on, on Flair's forehead, just kind of being a jerk to him and, and trying to open up that cut a little bit more as well. But the king sees it a different way. As he, as he yes. says, oh, the Undertaker with the true heart of a competitor, he's giving Flair a second chance to continue the match out here. <laughs> He wants to give him another chance. Oh, look, dude, King is perfect. That was that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Well, then Taker's going to hit the leg drop on the hardest part of the ring, which is the apron, as mm. we all know, so it hurts worse. 
And then Flair starts doing the old bag off like it's old times, man. It's just great to see him do these signature spots. And Taker pulls him up after two again and then continues to punch him and punch him and then goes for the old signature Taker elbow and misses it. And then at this point, King just goes, I got to ask you something, JR. I got a question for you. Can I ask you one question real quick? Well, we got a little wow. ball in the action. What the hell is a booger ring? I'll tell you tomorrow. He doesn't have any idea either. No, he's, he doesn't know what to say. He's like, I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> he's so pissed. Oh, yeah, say he's that. angry. Angry. You know he like chewed him out backstage afterward, probably. <laughs> oh, so good, man. The King's just ribbing JR. That's yeah. That's so funny. Uh, Flair's showing some signs of life here. He's getting some chops, but Taker keeps knocking him down and... Taker gets cocky, though. He grabs the arm and heads up top for a little old-school action, but makes the mistake of calling Flair a piece of crap. Uh, doesn't say crap. Says something else here on yeah. pay-per-view. And Ric Flair jerks him off the top rope. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> Space Mountain style. <laughs> hey um, Man, it was... You know, that's always a cool spot to see somebody do a Taker, but um, it just... It kind of paralleled the superplex here to me. Like It was kind of like the Ric Flair's equivalent of getting suplex on Taker. So, I don't know. It was pretty cool. I like that. Right. I like that spot. And then Flair starts fighting back with, with chops, but then Taker's going to give him a sidewalk slam. But Taker goes to pin him, and Flair actually kicks out mm-hmm. on a, like two and a half. And JR's you know, talking about, you know, Taker didn't let him up that time. He actually had the you know guts to kick out and the strength to kick out. So, showing how Flair still got it, you know, even this far into the match. Yeah, that was a great touch to add that yeah. in there, too. Uh, Flair ducks a big boot, and then uh, that crotches the Undertaker over on the top rope. He nails himself on there, and uh, Ric Flair chops Undertaker down to the floor, so they take the fight back outside again, and Flair's going to go snag that pipe. I think he's used it more than Undertaker has. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps on Taker's bike. <laughs> Uh, he uses that and busts open the Undertaker to take the blood tracker up yet again. Five yep, times. Up to five, I think. Five time blood. Exactly. So, um, yeah, the crowd is delighted at he's he hitting Taker with this. It's great. And um keeps hitting him in the stomach and the back and then but then Taker just kinda tackles Ric Flair into the apron and uh but Taker's head is busted open, like you said. Um and then Ric Flair grabs like a sign from the aisle way from the guardrail. It says uh, what does it say? Keep off. Uh, keep off from and he starts to start hitting him with it which is fun um it's one of those little cheesy ones i use in hardcore oh, yeah. matches but it's still fun to see rick flair just swinging that thing wildly <laughs> he's great with it uh, he's going wild and crazy he's working over undertaker's cut just punching it in the middle of the ring but undertaker keeps fighting he catches flair with the goozle and if you're rick flair and somebody's choking you out what is the most rick flair way you can get out of that no, you kick him right in the Death Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be a Ric Flair match without that. Exactly. And it's purely legal. There's no DQ, you know? Absolutely. So uh, it's great, man. But right before that, that's what I wanted to say. Like, I, you could see Flair getting his confidence back. When he's doing all the wooing and the shucking and stuff, like, you could see him. Obviously, with that move earlier where he, he made the flip, you know, Taker gave him that second chance to do it. But, like, Watching him at this point when he's going nuts with the the, the aisleway sign and then f- wooing and stuff before he does the Death Valley shot, you just you can just almost see him just oozing confidence at this mm-hmm. point. It's just a great. He's he's got he knows he's got it again. So, um, 
But yeah, man, and once you kick a man in Death Valley and he falls to the ground, what are you going to do next? You're going to lock in the figure four leg locks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Tager sells it. Oh, my gosh. He's just screaming in pain, yeah. which you'd never see The Undertaker do, man. But he's selling no. it. He's putting Ric Flair over. Yeah. He he's wants to get Flair that old school classic match. Oh, yeah, he does, man. You could tell he was all in it for this, man. It was Both of them were. It's great. But Taker sits up in the figure four and then just goozles Flair, grabs him by the throat, which is a, is a cool spot, you know. Um, and then they get the choke slams him, but Taker falls down as he's prone to do when he's been worked over his knee. He falls down and sells that knee, which I just wrote awesome psychology, man. I love it. Absolutely. He sticks with it the whole time. He yeah. goes to cover Flair, but it's kind of a lazy cover. He just puts an yeah. arm over him, so he only gets a two count. And Undertaker doesn't like that, uh, so he pulls pulls a Ric Flair and just covers him again right yeah. <laughs> immediately, which we always appreciate. And mm-hmm. then, even though it's a no disqualification match, Undertaker just yeah. goes over to Charles Robinson and lays him out, <laughs> knocks him out cold. Yeah, just out of frustration, was, you know. Right, I guess it's out of frustration because there was no like on screen connection between Charles Robinson and Ric Flair at this point, you know, like in WWF land. Yeah. So there's yeah. no, it wasn't like he was going after Arn Anderson or David Flair or something, but that would have been cool if they had mentioned that though. But anyway. It was whatever. cool if you, was, if you were paying attention. Like if you yeah. watched for a long time, you could appreciate it. But yeah, kayfabe wise, he's just frustrated. So he punches Charles Robinson and then goes and grabs that pipe. And then Ric Flair starts chopping him and goes to Irish whip taker. And then pff, here comes the spot of the match. Whips Taker into the ropes, and Arn freaking Anderson <laughs> pops into the ring out of nowhere. Nowhere. With the biggest spine buster of all time on The Undertaker to a huge oh. reaction from the crowd. As Ric Flair goes for the cover, only gets a two count of it. It's an incredible near fall, an incredible spot. I remember thinking in... At your house, this could be it, dude. Like that's it. That could be it. Like, oh, that that spinebuster spot is one of my favorite WrestleMania moments of all time. Seriously, I will put that up there in top ten. It's, it's so unexpected. You never see Arn Anderson even come out there. Like, where did he come from? Yeah, was he under the ring? Was he in the crowd? <laughs> I have no idea. Still to this day, but I just want to say, take lessons, kids, because with one move. In like two seconds, yeah. Arn Anderson got himself a WrestleMania moment with yep. one move. That's, that's all he needed right there, and he made an impact with it. So that's what you do if you have a WrestleMania match, if you just have one spot, if you're just out there for 60 seconds or whatever. It can be done, and Arn Anderson yep. shows you how, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. And It's great. So good. Can't put it over enough, man. Also, just want to note, at this WrestleMania, Arn Anderson is 43 years old. <sighs> 43. Goodness gracious. He looks like a senior citizen. He always has. <laughs> He's always looked like an old man when I was a little kid. Uh, so, oh, man. Isn't it AJ crazy. Styles 43 well, years old today or now? Like Almost. Early yeah, 40s. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, him and Cena are like 41 or 42 or something. So, yeah, it's crazy. Dude. They do not look like artists. (laughs) Disabled. (laughs) As JR said. Um, Well, after that spawn buster, Taker doesn't take too kindly to that. And um, he uh, 
Flair, Flair, as Flair covers him for a two count, Taker just kind of does like a military press and throws him off of him out to the outside. Goes out there, attacks Arn Anderson, and locks on the Taker care of business to him. And then uh, winds up opening up Arn Anderson with a punch, I think. So <laughs> Blood Tracker's up again to six Ding. or seven at this point. Yeah. Oh, so good. Flair saves Arn with a chair to the back and another one and another one and another one, but Undertaker just will not go down. It's the big monster, Flair, the hot baby face, just doing everything in his power to take out Big Evil, but cannot do it. And Undertaker just gives a big boot to Flair, swats him down, and with a big smile on his face, Undertaker goes for the last ride, but... Flair just cannot quite get up for it, man. Again, I've just I mentioned on here like that. It's just an awkward move to do to a bigger guy because it's not a normal power bomb. Normal power bomb, you just the person taking it just jumps. But this, you gotta like jump and be able to flip all the way over to sit on Taker's shoulders, you know. So it's just it's definitely an awkward move to like be performed on if if you're not very. You know, young and springy and athletic. So right, and you like just wrestled a twenty-minute match for the first yeah, time in a long time. Exactly. So it's just, I don't know, if this is the greatest choice, but he and then, but it happens, and you know, Flair doesn't really take it well, and then Taker tries again, and Flair just kind of falls down. And at that point, maybe they were just improvising, but um, yeah, Jr. tries to cover for it, saying like, oh, "Looks like Flair fought out of that one." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if this was the planned finish or not, but Taker just scoops him up for a tombstone. Oof. Nails it. For only, what, the third time since he's been Yeah, since he's been, been a back. biker. Yeah, hits a tombstone, covers him for the pinfall at 18 minutes and 47 seconds, man, to end this match. JR and the King note that he is now 10-0 and at WrestleMania. An incredible streak right there. Yeah, and really honestly, good. that finish it didn't bother me. Like it nope. al- almost almost made for a better finish, uh, sort of even by accident. It, it still oh, looks yeah. great, and we get a friggin' tombstone out of it, which yeah, I don't think was the plan, but kind of adds to it. It gives it a little bigger flavor right there. Makes it more well, of a special yeah. WrestleMania moment that he had to bust out the tombstone here. Exactly, he had to go to that. He had to go to those lengths, you know, to do it. Um, so yeah, really cool, man. And just to top it all off, Taker just punches Charles Robinson after he raises his hand. <laughs> it's just great. And then we get one of the most iconic Undertaker moments at WrestleMania of all time as he steps onto the apron and takes it to Sesame Street. And he starts counting one, three, four, five on one hand, one, two, three, four, five on the other hand, and he just goes ten and oh. I it just I love that scene man I so think good we've kind of said it a few times but i really do feel like that moment right there where he puts his 10 fingers up even though it's been mentioned on commentary and stuff that's when the streak became a thing right in that moment when undertaker acknowledges it and tells exactly. you it's something that matters to him and yep. shows it out there and if you haven't been paying attention on commentary you see it in- that's a perfect analysis when the character of the undertaker 
points out that's important to him. I think that's a great way you said that, man. It's just that's when you know it means something, you know. It's, it's going to be a big thing from now on, you know. It still is, even though he's got two losses in this day and age. It's still a big deal. Absolutely. An Undertaker match is always a main event at WrestleMania. It is. Even if it's against Mark Henry. <laughs> well, we got a long way to get yeah. to there. <laughs> Thank goodness. But the uh, bloody, victorious dead man is going to ride that bike uh, to the back here. The better man, but Ric Flair gave him a heck of a fight here. Ric Flair looks, yeah. still looks strong in victory. He's, he's the old sure. dog, the great former champion, but doesn't quite have it. Comes close, but doesn't quite have it to defeat the the dead man who's still on top of his game. Just a fantastic story being told. Um, I loved it back then. It caught me off guard back in 2002, yeah. but I remember it kind of stealing the show if it wasn't for Rockin' Hogan, which really exactly. stole the show. But this was great and unexpected, but watching it back in 2019, this was friggin' five stars, man. I don't know if I'm biased from just all the Undertaker we've seen and just loving his right. character work, but this was so, so, so good. Yeah, this was really good, man. Again, I, I remember loving it at once we watched it live, like being blown away again, not having any expectations for it really and loving it. But um, just going back and watching this has been really good. And I, I do – this match is going to be up there, uh, one of my favorite WrestleMania matches, like as far as Taker matches. Absolutely. Um, this has definitely gone up there. You know, the Shawn Michaels ones are always there. Triple H ones are really good. But this one's moved up several notches for me, you know, for sure. I'm interested to see when we get to the end of this how we're going to rank this one because so, it's really good. So I cannot stress enough to go out of your way and watch this match. Good brawl, good storytelling. Um, again, great to see Flair back in the ring. Somebody say something about nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him, him, and Scott Hall and Hogan in the same car. It's just good, good stuff. So yeah, to me, that Triple H match was very, very good, and this match was Undertaker's first great WrestleMania match, uh, hmm. in my opinion. Okay, we'll see. We'll uh, we we'll see rank. That. We'll rank all the matches from the Biker Taker era when we get done with it, and. We've got yeah. quite a few more to go and some more sure. classics I'm sure that we'll get to talk about. And we got two more years to go. Oh, my God. Let's get going. <laughs> That's our cue to head on out of here, man, as we uh, keep on rolling, rolling, rolling onto the last ride as we roll into the next season of WWE into Backlash 2002, the aftermath of this WrestleMania match, as next week we will cover the final installment in Maybe the Undertaker's most storied rivalry up to this point in his career as he takes on Stone Cold Steve Austin on pay-per-view one last time at Backlash 2002. I've seen it so many times. We'll cover that, but we want to hear your rankings of this match. Undertaker and Ric Flair at WrestleMania. What did you think of it back in the day? What do you think of it watching it back now? What are your rankings of it? Is there anyone out there that doesn't like this match for some reason? Didn't live up to the hype for you? Tell us all about it. Where were you when you were watching it back in the day? We want to hear your stories on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Talking Taker on all of those services. You can hit us up. You can also feel free to leave a comment over on our YouTube page or on the podcast page on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, all those great services. We want to hear from you. And, man, I feel like we need to just add a new segment, like, Randy's Roundup or something on here because we can't have another 
another visit from Pokey's little dog, Randy Talking Turco. Talking Turco. Randy's Roundup. Woody, that's great. Yeah, man. You know, you guys know. I always say, if you were there, you know, let us know. Well, our boy Randy Turco has come through yet again. Back to back pay per views. Yeah, wild. Uh, he was Rich. at WrestleMania X8. Shows the ticket. Shows the match card, of course, with his notes on there, as always. And anything about Ivory's underwear on this one? I don't see anything about that. There's some Trish, you know, Molly Holly. Gotta make those divas, uh, <laughs> give the divas a chance. Yeah, <laughs> but Randy said he drove five hours in college, uh, home on spring break to catch the second best, in his opinion, with a question mark on there, WrestleMania card from top to bottom. Uh, I don't know about second best. It's a good show. I, I watched most of it back again. Uh, some definitely solid, solid matches on there. Uh, I always thought the main event sort of underrated, in my opinion, uh, because the story beforehand was so bad. I think the match itself is actually pretty good. But Turco said, I was in row quadruple Z at the top of the Sky Dome. (laughs) He paid more for No Way Out than he did for (laughs) WrestleMania, which is insane. It's amazing. Uh, But it was all worth it. You got to have lunch at the Hard Rock Cafe. Shared an elevator with Dr. Tom, who we talked about. (laughs) Could have acted axed him two Yo, appearances sorry, I slipped in the slipped in the Steve Ray could have axed him on his PhD or <laughs> <laughs> and he said he got to see two great wrestling bands live live on Drowning Pool there man what value exactly I appreciate your uh, attention to wrestling bands there Turco thank you very much my friend <laughs> uh, Turco said he turned to his buddies after this match high fived everybody and said that's it man Undertaker's never gonna lose at Wrestlemania now uh, which he was right for a very long time after he was a decade but yeah man thanks Randy of course for those I'm sure we've got many more of your pay-per-view memories and we love them man keep them coming anybody out there we know there was 70 something thousand people at Sky Dome yeah exactly if there's we heard from one of them if there's another (laughs) one we want to hear your interaction with this (laughs) pay-per-view as well yeah, man, if you were there, we want to hear from you for sure. Any of you other Canucks that were there, or non-Canucks that drove over, like old Randy, we'd love to hear from you. See what it's all about. Those of you in the Super Sky Dome, as, that's, that might be what Hogan would call it, the Super Sky Dome. Super Sky Dome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I want to give a shout-out, too, tonight to, uh, to Stephen R. Murphy. He's on Instagram at, I don't quite know how to say it, at Jokerius Torrance. Uh, but this dude, uh, he's like an Undertaker cosplayer, man. Uh, he's He does some Joker cosplay, too. Uh, he's really got great costume and look for it. I've seen him post on Twitter and other stuff. But he's uh, got a lot of fun Undertaker cosplay pictures. But thanks, Steven, for picking up one of our Talking Taker TCB Taker Care of Business t-shirts, Ooh. my man. Thank yes, you sir. for supporting the show. Picking up that new design, which you can as well, over at tpublic.com. I posted the picture of the shirt, so it is uh, it is hitting the mailboxes now. Uh, tpublic takes a little time for them to ship it out, but uh, it's finally hitting people's yeah. mailboxes. Because it's custom made. It is custom made, and you can get it on all sorts of yeah. stuff. So we appreciate 
anybody who is willing to do that for us and throw a couple bucks our way. That is so crazy and so awesome that anyone would do that. So we appreciate that, Stephen. We know you'd be looking good in that. Uh, and if anyone out there is going to go meet The Undertaker, pick up a Talking Taker shirt, whether it's a StarCast or any of these other events that he's going to be at, get a picture with him with our shirt on send it to us and we will send you back something very special and very cool in the mail or if you just want to look good for your wrestlemania party or uh, you know wherever you want to go support the undertaker at and spread the word about our show man that you guys out there you listeners i mean that's who we do it for and, and that's how we grow that's not through us man it's through you guys and spreading the word and it's so cool that anybody would listen to us in the first place and much less spread the word and help other people listen to us and one other person who's helping us keep things rocking over here is Tommy with Watch Along Wrestling. They are at Watch Wrestle Pod on Twitter. You can find them on YouTube as well. I want to thank Tommy for having me on his Watch Along YouTube show. Watch Along Wrestling had me on to help him discuss WrestleMania 20 just last night Thursday night you can find that video over on their YouTube channel we had a blast I got to share a little bit about mine and Travis's story heading to WrestleMania 20 at Madison Square Garden as two high school kids I don't know how our parents let us do that we're going to share a lot more of that story here in a few weeks when we get to the WrestleMania 20 episode of our podcast a very special episode we can't wait to cover it but if you want a little preview of that story and that journey and reminiscing about that incredible show head over to watch along wrestling at watch wrestle pod on twitter we'll give you the link absolutely without question man yeah well thank you guys it's been 84 episodes and we're just at wrestlemania x8 and we're uh we got a lot more to go so we're excited and well, in real time it's only three weeks till wrestlemania and we have no idea what the undertaker's doing so yeah i know man i'm getting nervous I am. So why don't you guys tell us on Twitter what you think is going to happen with him? He's obviously not fighting Kurt Angle. Um, that's going to be down to Baron Corbin. But anyway, um, maybe whatever. he'll come maybe out and choke slam Baron Corbin there. on the way of the ring or something like that, and actually he face would be Kurt the Angle. most over <laughs> guy in the building. <laughs> that will be your main event. Forget the women's match. Forget Kofi. That if what if Angle and Corbin goes on last. Take the gong hits. Taker comes out, chokes him, wrestles. Dude, that's it. Game over. I'm done. I can't even. We can't even recap that one. That's gonna be good. Anyway, anyway, you guys that were there again, we appreciate you listening to us, and we're gonna go ahead and wind this down and say, uh, take her easy. Now, first one of you son of bitches open this door, you're gonna regret it. <laughs>